Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You've got 10 times to play it, right? you got to score 10 times the goal. And when I say top corner, I mean it was like top, top corner. You know, if I could turn back time, I'd do it all over again. You know, not change a single thing. You're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name's Justin. Joining me, as always, is the CEO of Merwells, the man with the cans, Mark Silver, and another man with the cans, Mr. Mina, how you doing, chaps? All good, thanks, Justin. How are you? Doing well, mate. Excellent, excellent. Now, I imagine there's a, a slight air of excitement amongst you guys as we've got a West Ham legend on with us today, Bobby Zamora. One, one of the things that we always talk about, we're just we're loving what we're doing. Mm. Working with these football clubs, meeting all these famous football players. We're in dreamland, but we're West Ham boys. We need to be doing West Ham stuff. So mm-hmm. to uh, when we had the chance to, to do a project in Brighton, um, I wasn't expecting my West Ham cult hero Bobby Zamora to be the man that was involved in it and obviously when he was we were over the moon and that was because of the West Ham connection so yeah really really excited to to be speaking to Bobby uh, obviously we spent the whole day with him when we were doing the mural yeah. down in Brighton and he was such a laugh he absolute was gent as well up for it, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. up for a laugh. especially with Josh Redfire Films makes amazing videos but he's quite ruthless with his with his directions and he's do that again, can we do that again, can we do that again? And he just took it all in his stride, didn't he? He didn't he didn't uh, didn't falter once. Absolute gent. Excellent. Right. Well, let's get straight in. Let's talk to Bobby. Good afternoon, Bobby. How are you? Very well, my man. Very well indeed. Excellent, excellent. Right, so let's let's start very briefly by talking about how you got into football growing up. Your your first teams or how you got interested in football. What got you uh, excited about the game? Just just absolutely love playing the game. You know, running around in the streets. Actually, I used to play in between the cars. The cars were the goals, and you know that was it. And then going over the park or over the school and creeping in my in the school holidays and getting into the fields and yeah, just absolutely loving playing football. And as I think majority of the kids in the country probably are at you know a very young age so I didn't join my first team until I was I think about eight which was a team called Lakeview and uh, yeah very early on I, I realised that I was yeah managed to score quite a few goals and it, it, it sort of came natural I suppose uh, I was always pretty quick when I was younger as well so that that always helps you know it is either you're really big and strong or you're really quick and and uh, skillful you know and uh, I was very very quick so I used to knock it get past a few and, and bang some goals in and uh, that's where the love of the, the goal scoring came from I grew up in Manor Park so that's in between like East Ham and Ilford but uh, I went my first senior school was Little Wilford so that was at the end of my road and then I went to Barking Abbey when I was 12 13 I went to Barking Abbey uh, where was Lakeview then where was that team based Lakeview was sort of Ilford way originally yeah. that was and I was there until I was about 11 I think and then I joined Semrab where yeah the team was incredible you know at uh, John Terry Ledley King Paul Kincheski J Lloyd Samuels Kemi is it I think there was like nine that made it pro five that made it five that got senior caps for England so in terms of all being in the Sunday side it was so you guys uh, were all playing together at one point you guys were all in the yeah we all play, we all played in the Sunday side from like 12 to 15 so there was a few 10 nil games right more than that mate <laughs> <laughs> there was a few <laughs> match balls going home with me let's let's put it. I couldn't carry them I needed more arms but um, but no very, yeah a real good side and, and back then I mean Ledley King was an absolute dominant force at the back Paul Kincheski was a winger same as J Lloyd Samuels actually both of those ended up playing left back uh, 
uh, for England as well. John Terry was centre midfield and was an absolute beast in there, to be honest, in, in terms of like... Uh, the, the thing that stood out about John was his header in the ball. You know, like at a young age, kids, when they head the ball, they've got their eyes shut and like that. Yeah. I remember just seeing him head the ball and just like, boom, straight through. And crosses coming in and him scoring goals with his head. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he then went back to centre-half and absolutely bossed the game, didn't he? So. Was Semrab kind of like a, an attractive club for people to go to to try and make it to that next level then? Cause, or was it just a coincidence you had this many great players? It was a good good club over um, in East London. Uh, in the Echo League, we was. Uh, they were a very good side, good traditions. I think Sol Campbell played for them. Lee Bowyer played years above as well. Um, Jermaine Defoe was younger than us. There's a good good tradition of players coming through, um, but obviously East London as well, was, you know, in general, created a lot of good, good players. So we used to play our games at Wanstead Flats as well. So yeah, we, we trained at Woodside School. So uh, yeah, was um, was uh, good fun. So who was your up. heroes growing up then? If you living in East London, obviously following, I guess West Ham. Uh, yeah, West Ham was my team, and I went to go and watch my first game was West Ham versus Oxford. There is a program somewhere in a box of programs that was a long, long time. Go at Upton Park, and I used to sort of keep my eye out for Frank McAvenny, George Paris. Really, those were the two sort of strikers, and then obviously Tony Cotty as well. Um, so those were the West Ham sort of guys. But in terms of you know sticking a, a cassette in on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning before a game and eat me breakfast, it would be um, I had a Maradona video, a, a Roberto Baggio sort of video that I used to put in and sort of watch in the mornings and just watch it over and over before going to play a game. So. Those were the local idols and those were the, the international idols, I suppose, who I used to sort of look up to. I reckon that Senrab needs a mural, doesn't it? All those players. I don't think they're around anymore, right? Who, Senrab? No, yeah. they're still going. Yeah, oh, they're they still going. Yeah, they are still going, yeah. That could be worth, um, worth a look, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah, they're, um, yeah, well, you'd have, need a bloody big wall, mate. I tell you, there's a few faces <laughs> that would want to be on there as well, like I say. And I, to be honest, like I say, Sol Campbell, Lee Bowyer, Jermaine Defoe, Leon Knight. There's quite a few, and there's others as well. There's definitely others. There's another club, isn't there, over at Chinkford where Harry Kane came through. I can't remember the name of it. Top skates me. Is that Ridgeway? Ridgeway played for Ridgeway. Bex, Bex, Bex played, played there as well. Yeah. I mean, they've had some Ridgeway Rovers. Well. That would have yeah, been a good game, get... wouldn't it? Seven round no, versus Ridgeway back in the day. Oh, no, we used to play them and smash the life out of them. So no, not, <laughs> not in my age, mate. It wasn't. Well, most of them went to Tottenham, and most of us went West Ham. So they explained. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where was your your professional career? Uh, started at Bristol Rovers, is that right? Uh, yeah, I went to Bristol Rovers, mate. So I, I was at Norwich. Um, at f- age fifteen, obviously, you, you go into sort of the professional uh, sort of club Sunderley sort of you sort of leave and professional clubs sort of take over ready for getting your apprenticeships and at 15 I was very very small still tiny I was quite quick and I ended up having a, a growth spurt and I had Osgood Slatters which is like a growing uh, pain basically yeah on my knees so I mean I couldn't do anything in school no PE in school nothing for six months I had to, I had to stop and basically when I when I stopped there was a few clubs that were on the phone listen when you fit come 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 see us come play with us and Norwich were on the phone every single week every single week they were on the phone so I had about I ended up saying listen they're the most keen sounds like I've got a good chance with them so at 15 I joined them as a schoolboy probably the last six months of that season I suppose to try and get an apprenticeship and that side when I got there they were enormous I mean they were basically men you know like at 15 16 those guys were had absolute massive legs could run 100 meters in like 10 seconds or something stupid there was a couple of absolute absolute beasts of people and I was like a, a fish up a tree in terms of the size of myself and and those guys but I didn't get an apprenticeship there and there was a guy called Roy Massey I think his name was who's at Norwich and he ended up going to Bristol Rovers like literally in the same same period as me getting released he went to Bristol Rovers and he said listen come along to myself and my best pal Luke Williams uh, we both played half a game there and they offered us an apprenticeship straight away half time they pulled us off and said listen we'll give you an apprenticeship I had a game at South End. Southend offered me an apprenticeship as well and my other power had an, uh, a game at Lincoln and they offered him an apprenticeship we both said to each other let's go and have an adventure together go and live in Bristol together in digs and see how it goes so um, we ended up signing for Bristol Rovers which was a great experience for me really was leaving home at 16 all the not local boys 
sort of lived in one big house. So you can imagine nine, ten of us all in this massive place. Just uh, They had weddings on a weekend. So it was a big old mansion house on the training grounds. We had like the top floor. So there was like a, like a chef's kitchen and everything downstairs. And everyone was like proper staff there and everything. And there's us upstairs playing f- cricket in the hallway. Do you know what I mean? Just smashing the place to pieces. They're constantly getting told to keep it down. But just an amazing, amazing time. We had Ian Holloway as our, as our manager, as the first team manager. So me as an apprentice, you know, it was it was great. He's a character, isn't he? Absolutely. Is he yeah. as much of a character in real life as he is on the team? Oh, and the rest. Yeah. And the rest, you know. So yeah, he was he was he was good. And my two years there were were fun, enjoyable. I ended up going on loan to to Bath City. That's just down the road. I used to train at Bristol Rovers and, and go there at 18. And I went there for a month and scored six in six. And I come back and then Brighton uh, about a month later said we'll we'll take a gamble on him and t- see see if we can see, get some goals out of him and on loan as well. And I I done a, a month there as well. Scored six in six again. So league football for me it was like incredible to be down in in Brighton. That was in January as well, freezing cold, the wind smashing smashing against the coast. What, what um, league were they in then, Bobby? They were they were in uh, Division Two. So uh, yeah, it was. But for me, it was just first team football, bang some goals. Like I say, six in six, and it's just sort of. I'd always been okay scoring goals, but then when you're into that first team football, it it really is make or break. But it never daunted me at all, and everything sort of just came naturally just the ball just went in the back of the net every time I hit it it was yeah, just mad looking back now and thinking about it I, I, I don't think I was nervous at all just thoroughly enjoyed it the, the boys at the, in the team were ruthless as well in terms of the banter and just real good walking into that changing room yeah I mean you can't repeat half the things that sort of went on or gone on went on in that changing room and in the training ground so just great banter and made me feel at home straight away I definitely remember when you were scoring all them goals for Brighton because every now and then there's a player in a lower league where you just see is absolutely smashing it up and everyone's kind of the seagulls are kind of swarming around don't they having a look and just having to see really is it someone that could make that step up to that next level I think Stan Collymore is another one that I remember like when he was at South End, another one that was absolutely smashing it in that division and then obviously made that jump up. Obviously, when you was at Brighton, you then got sort of under 21 England call up, didn't you, as well? So that kind of accelerated that little bit as well. And I guess got you to move to Spurs in the end. I was there for three years that first stint. I had Mickey Adams was the first manager. He signed me. He ended up going to Leicester after I put him on a pedestal, made him look amazing. Do you know what I mean? Banged the goals in, top goal scorer, promoted. Um, He went to Leicester. Then we had Steve Coppell. Was it Steve Coppell or Peter Taylor? Oh, do you know what? I don't know which order it went. Good managers though, right? Yeah, really, really, really different, but really good. Who did we have? He made an impact on you then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all a blur now. It's 20 odd years ago, pal. Um, But but both of them were amazing. But Steve, like you mentioned about the under-21s, Peter Taylor obviously gave Bex his cap and he was involved in the under-21s in the England setup. So he certainly said to the guys in the FA, look, take a look at this guy because he's not he's not a flash in the pan in terms of lower league football yeah managed to get into the to the under 21s enjoyed my time there and you know went to the uh, European Championships with them so amazing and uh, like I say after after three years there and two consecutive promotions and relegation last day of the season from the championship you know it, I think I was ready to move on and Tottenham um, had come Glenn Oddle would come to a lot of games along with Chris Uton actually at the time as well so I'd seen them quite often and Word got around that you know he's watching you again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they came in with a bid, and I went to Spurs, which uh, which was good, really good for me. Like I say, you know, I'd always seen the Premier League, obviously, and, and known all, know all these big players, and being able to go and train and play with them. Um, and they were real good lads as well. Ledley King, obviously, I knew from my younger days was there as well. But there were some real good play- real good players and real good lads. Robbie Keane, Jamie Redknapp, Gus Poyer, you know, Darren Anderton. Some real, real good, good lads. So it was it was an interesting time for me uh, to go and train and play with them. We also signed Helder Postiga, actually. It was, was, it was pretty much the Portuguese equivalent of me, I suppose. And in my eyes, they... They signed me, Spurs signed me for £1.2 million, I think. And they they paid £10 million for Postiga. So for me, in my eyes, I was like, right, perfect. 
same age, everything. You've got to score 10 times more goals than me. That's the way I saw it. Genuinely did. Well, you're 10 times the player, right? You've got to score 10 times the goals. So I was like, actually, really relaxed. And he just enjoyed it, sat back. It, listen, Helder was given probably a little bit more opportunity. I don't know whether that was because of, listen, there's a price tag and, you know, that goes alongside it. But Helder didn't score a lot of goals. I only scored, I think Helder scored two goals. I think I only scored one um, the short time that I was there. But absolutely loved it. Like I say, Robbie and I still speak to those guys now Jamie you know they're still really really good guys and um, amazing characters so it made me feel at home straight away we did paint a, a mural of Jamie uh, Redknapp once. I don't know if he'd ever show it to you, though. It was, it was for, what was the show that he does? Um, oh, League of Their Own. League of Their Own, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they told him that he's got a mural done. And he was he was overwhelmed, <laughs> wasn't he? And then when they revealed it oh. and they saw him there in his... Uh, in his speedos on the wall. <laughs> How horrible was it? Leather yeah. skin. Yeah, he weren't, he weren't very pleased with it. I had to send him an apology, but we got paid to do it. So Yeah, of course. Of course, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But it no, must be no, amazing, no. like, going back to Tottenham, like, the fact that not only is it Tottenham coming in for you, it's a big club, it's a top club, premiership club, it's Glenn Hoddle. Like, yeah. Glenn Hoddle wants you, and when Glenn Hoddle wants you, he's got to see something. That's amazing, right? Yeah, mate, like you say, you know, knowing that he was coming and watching me himself, you know, at, at Brighton, little old Brighton in the week, Dean Stadium at the time as well you know it was uh, it was a big deal and obviously Glenn is incredible I, I'll tell you a story when he was training one day there was Jamie Redknapp Robbie Keane and I think I was sat on the floor with Stephen Carr and Sullivan was in goal and had some mannequins up after training and the lads were taking free kicks and just over or just you know one creeps in and Sully's close and Glenn was watching as well and he, he comes over and he's got his shorts rolled up as he does and he, he puts a ball down on the edge of the box and he's like no no boys what you want to do is and he takes a couple of steps back as a look as a couple of steps bang and when I say top corner I mean it was like <laughs> top top corner <laughs> and you could see Red Pap and Robbie <laughs> But honestly, Glenn was incredible in, in, in training. Yeah, he's used to zing balls and honestly, another, another level even then really in terms of what he could do with a ball and manipulating the ball. Very, very special. Going back to Brighton, did you play at the Goldstone or was that before? No, Goldstone was before me. So with Dean is where I was at. Hey, yeah, with, with things with the running track and everything. With the running track, yeah. It's a funny little stadium, portal cabins for changing rooms. Yeah. But for, but for me, it, I mean, it's a, it was a fortress. We would, you know, clubs would turn up there. When we were certainly in the championship, we played Wolves at home and they just come down from the Prem. We played them at home. We beat them 4-1. I mean, smashed them, absolutely smashed them. But we played some great stuff. And actually, Julian Lescott was centre-half. We played, and Matt Murray was in goal. And we yeah. played them, smashed them. And we had to meet up with the 21s as well the next day. And I yeah. remember thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get done here by these two giants here as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Meeting up with the 21s afterwards. But yeah, it was a fortress for us. Amazing place. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love the Wibden. To think where Brighton were, oh. where they've come to, it's an amazing yeah. story, isn't it? Do you know what? That, when I was there, Dick Knight was the chairman and um, he had big visions for the club. And I remember signing at the beginning and him sort of, you know, that was the sales pitch, I suppose, in terms of, listen, we're going to get our ground and we're going to do this and kick on. And, and and Tony Bloom has taken over in charge there. And, you know, he's just done it the right way. He hasn't thrown crazy money. It's just been each year there has been progression on and off the pitch. And it hasn't been you're jumping four steps ahead. It's been one step at a time. And that's why they are where they are. The foundations are, are, are set. They're not in crazy debt. You know what I mean? It's it's a really, really well-run club. The recruitment's been incredible as well. The players that they've signed, absolute gems. They keep turning them out and selling them on and, you know, keeping afloat and keeping in, in, in great shape. And, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that almost every club in the Premier League are now looking at them and saying, right, what is it that you're doing? Because we certainly need to be on that. And I'm talking about all of the big boys as well. There's not many chairman of football clubs that are, are loved by the fans no. like he is, really. And especially a club that a selling club. You know, they keep yeah. selling their best players and their best managers, but they just keep bringing it back in, don't they? It's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no one can really have an argument. <laughs> no, yeah. no fans have got anything to moan about because each year they keep churning out better, better and better players. So listen, long may that continue as well I'm missing it. European football next season which is going to be a tough ask in terms of Thursday Sundays all the time and listen if you throw a cup run in there as well it's yeah it's crazy so uh, we done it didn't we oh, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly we had no worries in the Premier League either <laughs> do you know what I mean 
We just put that <laughs> on the you, back burner for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I love about Brighton as a model is I love the way that everything's locally sourced as well. So it's like a local brewery no. that's a beer. All the yeah. pies are from a local. Place. So that it's amazing. It's it's so well done. So basically, yeah. what you love about Brighton is the pies, the pies, the pies and the beers and, and the beverages. I think yeah. I think you're waiting. You're waiting. I think you're waiting. Though they ship the beers in from their local, don't they? I think oh, yeah, I, I think so. It's so yeah, if you're from up That's north, amazing. then you, you get your northern beers and stuff. So, Brilliant. yeah, but it's a it's a great it's a great great club, really is. Hi, my name's Rocket, and you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. Your next club, which is bound to excite these two gentlemen here, West Ham United. Uh, tell us, how that... <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. So, how did that come about? You, you got a transfer to West Ham, yeah? It was actually transfer deadline January, so it was like one day before the end of the deadline. My agent phoned me and said listen, you've got Leeds United who were in the Premier League at the time, want to sign you, uh, but also West Ham. And when I heard West Ham, I was like, right, they were in the Championship at the time. I was like, yeah, yeah just West Ham. Don't worry about Leeds. I wasn't even interested, really. And that, they were a good side, Leeds, at the time. They, were, they weren't bad at all. Um, and I just said, no, West Ham, what's the, what's the crack? And they wanted Jermaine Defoe and I went the other way. And, you know, so it worked out so, so well for me, really. Me, me being able to go play some football, play for the team that I love. So it was it was very, very special. Managed to score on my debut. My, my, my debut was Bradford away and then Cardiff at home and I scored on both of them. So I remember being at Upton Park and I'm forever blowing bubbles coming on as you're walking out, you know, and I was I'm, they, genuinely the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, you know, and I was singing it as well. I was like, oh, I absolutely loved it. So still now, you know, that makes, makes me a bit emotional thinking about that day. Yeah, obviously I think the fact that you're, you're a West Ham boy, you're from Barking, that's probably mm. why the fans grew to love you very quickly right and then obviously you know coming from Spurs going the other way Jermaine Defoe there was very quickly there was a chant about the fact that you're better than Jermaine Defoe I remember mm. a few of them on the sides yeah great I mean obviously scoring goals is what you want to do and you know scoring on a debut and a winner at home as well you know it sets you off on a good on, on, on the right foot and um, I just absolutely loved my time now really really did it was amazing and then you know we, we missed out on the on the playoffs that season and the next season, it was again, you know, playoffs for us. But we'd had the year, year previous um, as experience. And uh, we learned from that. Manchester scored the winner again. And I think West Ham fans will, will thank me for that, really. And absolutely loved it. An amazing day to be able to say, you know, I helped my team get back up into the Premier League, you know, which was which was amazing. Friends, family there. And yeah, very, very special day, you know, to be at West Ham and to, to score goals in the Premier League and, you know, go to some amazing places and score goals and win games and, yeah, you know, the, those Arsenal games for me were, were massive. You know, the last team to win at Highbury, that was immense, wasn't it? You know what I mean? That was that was amazing. And the first team to win at the Emirates and scoring in both of those, they're real, real special games and, and games that still fans still say to me, you know, West Ham fans, oh, God, I remember that Arsenal game, Highbury. That was amazing. Really was. Really. That's a pretty good stat to have, isn't it? So the West Ham were the last team to win at Highbury, the first team to win at the Emirates, and and you scored in both mm. of them. Yeah, really special. Really, really, really special. Having scoring goals, we were always going to remember. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's so many, so many goals that were important in games, but they kind of get by the wayside. But mm. so many of your goals are just so memorable to all the fans because of where they were, what they were. But scoring your playoffs, yeah. that, that seemed to be like a speciality of yours. You did it for QPR as well, didn't you? Against yeah, Darwin. yeah. Yeah, managed final, to do yeah. that in the final as well. Yeah, so um, last minute. Right. And, yeah, I mean every every sort of club I went to, you know, I thought I, I thought I left some sort of mark, really, to be honest. And yeah, I absolutely loved my career. You know, I wouldn't change a single thing. Really, it was uh, it's amazing, amazing to be able to go out and play football um, as your job. You know, if I could turn back time, I'd do it all over again. You know, not change a single thing. Amazing. That next season in the Premier League, the first season in the Premier League, that weren't bad mm. either, was it? We had a pretty good season. Yeah, was it seventh? I think we finished that year. I think something like that. And an FA Cup final. Yeah, FA Cup final. Yeah, that was that was the killer, really. That the, the FA Cup final that would have been immense to be able to cap that season off with uh, with an FA Cup. We never went into that game as fans or anyone neutral thinking that we had a chance with playing Liverpool. No, I don't think so. But saying that, we'd had an amazing season. We're all confident. We're all happy with the way we were playing. It was it was a, uh, a bit of a shock, to be honest. I remember in the changing room beforehand, uh, Dino had obviously been injured. He'd hurt his ankle and had been injured for a long time. And I'd been playing, doing well. And, and I sat down, I genuinely thought I was going to play there. Definitely, like, I'm starting. And and Pards read out the team and I was like, I literally cannot remember what was said after he, he, he named the, the 11. I literally, like, I don't even know if I had my name afterwards. But I remember Teddy looking at me straight away as well. Like, you know, it's like, 
was a bit like, wow, okay. But you know, it, it is what it is. It, it knocked me for a while and then it's right, okay, game time, get on with it. Managed to get my little ten minutes at the end, and uh, and and went up to take a penalty. And we had we had uh, Ludo McCloskey was obviously our goalkeeper coach, and uh, Peter Check came in as a neutral to come the, the day before the final, I think, or two days before, where everybody had to take six penalties against Peter Check, and uh, I took three of my left and three of my right foot and scored them all. I was going up to the penalty. I was like, yeah, I'm going to score here. Do you know what I mean? Just so confident, no no worries at all. Put my ball down took my penalty and he saved it you know I mean a real real killer for me a real killer I mean if I could well, go back probably, in time you're going to learn you're going to learn something now so you, you got no responsibility there whatsoever that was not your fault it was completely the fault of my best mate Craig Sinclair and oh, this is a genuinely Craig, true story yeah yeah Craig you we were we were winning we were winning 3-2 right what a minute to go yeah 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 Minutes yeah. to go in the game. Scaloni kicks that yeah. ball up. Now, my mate, Craig, next to me, is on the phone to his missus, telling her we've won the FA Cup. We've just won the um. FA Cup. At that point, I looked at him. I knew <laughs> what was going to happen. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know it was going to be Gerard. I, I just knew <clears throat> I looked at him, gave him the dirty... And as I turned, literally as I turned around, that's when Gerard smashed that ball into oh. the bottom corner. So he's to blame for it. So hopefully that makes you feel a bit better now. that it weren't your, You couldn't have done anything. No, yeah, it was never going in. I was a doorman at the time, and I was working in a pub in Lincoln and they sh- they were showing the final in there but because Grimsby were playing Lincoln at home uh, sorry Lincoln were at home to Grimsby they wanted us on the doors to stop anyone getting in there with the away fans getting in there so I've yeah. got six screens showing the, the final in the pub behind me and I've got to stand I've never been for so many toilet breaks in my life yeah, just keep going, right. going in and I'm watching the <laughs> clock tick down and we watch I'm like oh this has got to be it this has got to be it and I just said to me pal mate I've got to go and see the celebration and as I opened the door literally opened the door to walk in my foot went over the threshold and I just uh, Gerard and I was no, like, just mate. shut the doors and went back out again. That's yeah, I couldn't watch a penalty shootout. I was like, oh, no. mate. Yeah, I just literally gutting. just shut Absolutely. the doors. Walk back yeah, out. absolutely gutting. And, and, and do you know what? I mean, you mentioned Lionel Scaloni. Lionel was an amazing, really, really good guy. Couldn't speak a word of English when he came, but just wanted to get involved with the lads. We took him on a few nights out in town. So yeah, he was he was a great, great guy. And I remember literally the, from the the end of the game till well the last moment I saw him, he just cried his eyes out. You know, just absolutely bawled his eyes out. Listen, I think he took a little bit of the blame for it, I suppose, or he felt a little bit guilty for throwing that ball. Stevie G had so much to do, really. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, he, there's probably only of, one person. He got all the blame for it to the point in my head, yeah, he just done a really bad crap pass. But I've watched it back recently. He wasn't that James bad. bad. He kicked no. quite far. There was a little yeah, bit and, of work that he did. And then obviously Gerard smashing that in. It was, I was stood no. behind him as Stevie G lines it up. I'm like, no, don't, don't ask. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, Scaloni's not crying anymore, right? He's, he's, no, he's no. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, he's completely forgotten about that. He's fully replaced with a with a World Cup. You know what I mean? So <laughs> no, but yeah, a, a, a good good lad, great lads, and uh, yeah, one of those times for us all really, where we can look back and. Yeah, if only. How, how did it feel then when it was your time come to an end at West Ham? Because obviously being a fan oh. of Russia, a little bit more than any other club. Yeah, mate, honestly, I, that season we had the sort of the great escape, I suppose, where we had a great team. Tevez was up top with me and, you know, I actually got goal, top goal scorer that season. We, we'd signed some big players, I think Scotty Parker and Matty Upson and they were mm. Kieran Dyer, Craig Bellamy, throwing money. And I, I was the one that was playing well, scoring goals, I was actually towards the end of the season. I, I couldn't actually train. I had some something wrong with my knee, and I basically I was just having injections every Saturday to go and play on a Saturday. Couldn't train in a week, and I'd just do a little something on a Friday, play on a Saturday. So that was a lot. The last eight games, I think, of the season where we just went on a mad run, and we ended up staying staying up. Egbert Magnuson was the owner, and he, he would say, "Listen, I'll get you a new contract." I was like, "Ah, oh, cool, great." Went away over the summer. Negotiations were going on. I come back in that first week of pre-season and Curbs calls me in first thing in the morning, like 8.30 as I walk through the door. Uh, yeah, we're accepting an offer from Fulham. You're off. You're off uh, you can go and speak to them if you want. I remember, like, literally, it was like a baseball bat around my head. I thought, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, you're not really in my plans anymore. I was thinking, what? I just couldn't really, like, really, really completely shocked. And, you know, I, was, I think I was probably a little bit angry. If I could probably go back, I probably would have said, you know what? I'm going to stay I'm glad I didn't because I went to Fulham and had an amazing time but um, yeah I remember being shocked and thinking right okay forget it I'll go straight to Fulham There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When Magnuson came in with all these biscuits, I, I remember I was I was working at the time for the Sportsman newspaper. And mm. the night before, there was a lot of Man United fans around me and everyone was talking about this Carlos Tevez guy that might be going to Man United. And there was a whole big thing. And I got in the next morning and I remember people coming up to me going, have you heard West Ham are signing Tevez? And I was like, I had to Google this guy research him and everything like that I was like you're having an absolute laugh and then obviously Mascarano come at the same time yeah and we knew something was going on and at that moment I remember thinking we're going to be like Chelsea now because we've we've got money haven't we we can go and buy whoever we want and it was a bit of a bittersweet because I had a lot of friends that were big Chelsea fans and as soon as that money started coming in a lot of them stopped going I remember one of them saw Drogba who did turn out to be a club legend but he kissed his badge on his debut and he went that's it I'm not doing it anymore and I remember thinking that's what's going to happen to us but I kind of in a way I was like I don't care I'm going to get to see our club do some amazing things yeah, it all yeah. went completely tits up didn't it yeah uh, yeah, it didn't work out it was a funny old time I suppose at the back end of that season actually we had Lucas Neal we signed Lucas as well he was captain, he was of Blackburn Blackburn captain. Yeah. yeah at the back end of that season where we actually went turned the corner Curbs used to match everybody up so if you play against the Three five two. We'd play three five two. Whatever it was, da, 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 da. we'd just be match them up. Okay, box the boxes, beat, win your battles. And at the back end of the season, we were in a f- bad place, and we all, we all just wanted some fun. And one day we had a on a Friday. It was like, oh, sack, sack the shape off, sack it off, gaffer like forget it we just want some five o's and that so big mervyn day was like all right let, let's let's see what we can do so we just had five asides just enjoyed ourselves saturday come we won for the rest of for the rest of the season we just had five asides and just fun things we just won one 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 we didn't do no shape no nothing like that we just won just madness we're like all right sweet well we don't really need coaching we just need some smiles tevez was was such a trainer but on a Saturday we just worked his socks off and we, we had you know whoever was playing up front we'd sort of played one up front and whoever uh, well with two up front and whoever when we didn't have the ball had to fill in a right wing back as such so from time to time we'd lose the ball you know the, the team would lose the ball and we'd look at each other and you'd just laugh because he'd be closest to right wing back so we'd have to sprint in and vice versa you know so we'd, you know it's just but but he was happy to do his, his his work as well and yeah he was a great player and amazing and of course some important goals for us as well What was it like with Craig Bellamy how was he because he's uh, renowned for being a, a character shall we say Ah oh, Bellas had, <laughs> had, had some mouth on him Bellas did by the way he could, he could tell everyone they would <laughs> and if you, if you let if you let him get away with it he'd be on you and I remember I remember he came for me one day and I just said off, like just absolutely <laughs> went for him and it, it didn't he didn't never said a thing since you know what i mean but if, if you if he would he would say something to someone you're <laughs> or you're this or you're that and if if you didn't say anything back it'd just be on you and then you just like you could see people go <laughs> but it was a good change room we had we had a great change room real good set of lads a lot of english boys and funny funny lads so it was uh it was a good change room real good place so what was the funniest thing you see in, a cha- in the changing room? I don't know, a lot, a lot of terrorising going on, to be honest. Like <laughs> clothes getting cut up and <laughs> in trainers and stuff like that, really. Just just loads of it, Just but just funny. Oh. Just funny, funny. Just, yeah. yeah Would some you real... that's one of the main things you miss? Because, I mean, even like just... What's saying saying in your shoes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there must be an added comfort and like a, you know, a surrounding. But even from a Sunday league level, not being able to play anymore, the one thing I really miss is the banter and all that in the change room and the atmosphere. Would you say that's something that you miss the most? Definitely getting up. I used to love going into work, just getting there early and yeah, just watch the lads come in and just terrorise them as soon as they walk through the doors. Just absolutely loved it. Yeah, good banter. Just, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing to be able to, to do that as a job, you know, incredible. Your next move then was to Fulham. Was this under Roy Hodgson? 
Yeah, Roy Roy signed us, and I went again to see him. To be honest, and he was he was good as gold. He was brilliant. He was like, look, really admire what you do, the way you play, and we're going to sign Andrew Johnson as well. And I think you two will be a great pairing up top. I was like, right, sold. I think me, I think me and him could do well together as well. So yeah, it, my my first season there wasn't wasn't great really well it, it wasn't great stat wise let's say I mean I only scored a handful of goals and it was it was tough for me really because I play really really well and the way Roy Hodgson wanted me to play Andrew Johnson up top and me almost holding centre forwards so I'd be on your Paul Scholes of the world so when we didn't have the ball I'd be in centre midfield basically harrying that holding centre midfield player filling in, blocking gaps, working my socks off. And when I got the ball, turn and try and play AJ in. Or when, once we were building up, hold the ball up. So it was, it was hard. I was a long way away from the goal. Um, and Andrew, AJ scored a lot of goals. I've set up quite a lot of goals for AJ, but personally didn't score a lot. The following season, Hull wanted me. And Alfa had said, yeah, you can go. So I went up to go and speak with, um, with Hull and didn't like it. So I came back down, went to see Roy and I said, Roy, not going up there. He said, brilliant, fantastic. Didn't want you to go. So amazing. That's done and dusted. You're staying. We started the season, qualified for Europe, actually. Andrew Johnson got injured. So I ended up being the one at the top and Zoltan Gira came in behind. And from then, I just, yeah, it was just like a yeah, match made in heaven, really. Zoli was more of a centre midfielder slash attacking winger forward. So he absolutely thrived in that position. And me being up top, just absolutely thrived. Everyone else doing the work and me being able to just be in the place to put the ball in the back of the net. And I scored plenty of goals and we went on that mad European run, European Cup final, you know, beating Juventus at the Cottage and Basel were the, the Swiss champions. Wolfsburg were the German champions at the time, you know, playing Rome and Shakhtar the next. We were incredible there. William and Diego Costa had, um, had so many unbelievable players. That was the game where I think I, I, I looked and thought, wow. That's what um, I would say Roy Hodgson is moved to Liverpool, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. I mean, he'd done so much before, but that was the one that got him recognised by sort of mm. Premiership. And then yourself, you got your first England call-ups for after doing all that stuff, then doing it at Fulham. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, do you know? Again, change room was fantastic. Boys were great. Roy was so organised. I could have played left back in that team, really, because you know you, everybody knew what they had to had to do, where they, you know, when you received the ball, where everybody should be playing, and the movements that they were going to make. So, I mean, we've done the same drill every single day pretty much you'd either call it an attacking session or a defending one but you know we were so drilled again you know we're begging for a five-a-side some days for some smiles but um but Roy yeah I mean that's why he's been so successful you know the clubs that he's been and, and going back to Palace um last year you know that's why he's been amazing he's not going to be remembered very fondly at Watford that's all I'm going to say we're not going to talk uh, any more about <laughs> that <laughs> oh okay yeah he's managed some great clubs you know he's got some, a wealth of experience and yeah he knows what he's doing he's um he's a fantastic guy so yeah I owe him a lot really and he's been he's been spot on and yeah he's doing a great job still we had Mark Mark Hughes when when Roy when Roy left enjoyed my time with with Mark he's he came at the start of the season had a good pre-season with him actually Roy came in for me at Liverpool Spurs came Harry Redknapp came in for me at Spurs Mark Hughes said look I don't want you to go anywhere I want you to stay and I um I just had my twins. So literally, I had my twins in the August, I think the third game of the season. All of that had gone and the end of the tra transfer window was coming. They both bid and it was like, right, you've got to stay, give you a new contract. So I ended up signing a new contract and broke my leg the next day. Oh, God. So yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a relief really in terms <laughs> of, right, you know what I mean? Like you know, a little bit of security. So I missed six months of that, came back, played well and, and, and carried on. But Mark Hughes left Fulham at the end of the season because I think he was promised a bigger budget that, that didn't sort of come. But Mark, I really enjoyed. I had a good time with him. He went to QPR. We had Martin Yole coming after Mark and who I didn't really get on with. And in the January, Mark Hughes had put a bid in for me and I ended up going there. So yeah, QPR, which was a strange, strange one, really. The changing room was a little bit not like any of the other clubs before, really. There was always a bit of friction. There was always something grumbling in the background. It, it wasn't a really enjoyable place to go into day to day um, just because of the changing room. You know, some highs and lows at a club, scoring some goals. Did enjoy my, my time there, though. I must say, I did enjoy it. And being able to to score a, you know, a, a playoff goal, winning playoff goal for the club and getting them back up in the Premier League was very, very special as well. You know, kids being able to see it as well, which was nice, taking them to Wembley and 
uh, and experiencing all of that. So it was a fun time, I say, a different time. Some managers you played for there, some the names you're rattling off as managers, there's some pretty decent mm. managers you played for, right? Yeah, they've also all, all got great eye for a good striker, obviously. There you go. That's it. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. After Mark, you know, Harry came in as well. So, you know, Harry's a character in, in, in that changing room as well. So, um, yeah, I think he would probably say as well, it's a, it was a funny old club and a funny old changing room to, to, to try and manage. Um, and that's probably why we were a little, little bit volatile in terms of up and down all the time. You know, there were players that that had gotten from where they were in the championship right at the very beginning and players that are sort of at the end of their careers not really giving a toss about anything other than you know a bit of cash so it was yeah it was hard to manage you know the the, the characters in that changing room so yeah, there were some big names right because I think at the same time but you had Rio Ferdinand there Rio come Sean Wright Phillips Bosingua Samba Julio Cesar in goal these are big big players Bosingua had won the Champions League the season before before yeah. coming to us you know so I think he was a little bit shocked at the way the fit the club was but yeah he, he probably wasn't in the greatest mindset for QPR and where we wanted to go from QPR then back to Brighton that was amazing you know Nathan Jones was who I'd played with my first time round at Brighton so known him very well and he was one of the coaching staff under um, Chris Uton and obviously always kept my eye out kept in touch with Jonesy every now and then uh, I remember being being on holiday and uh, him phoning and saying, "Listen, mate, you fancy uh, one last hurrah back at the album? You can do, can you still do a little bit?" I was like, "Yes, mate. When? Don't really care about. Don't really care about the money. Just want to go and play one more." In my mind, in my head, it was you know we were, they were in the championship. In my head, it was right promoted from Division Two to Division One, Division One to the Championship. Can I get Championship to the Premier League? That was my last little. Like, can we? Can I just do that? That I'd love to be a part of Brian's history and say I got promoted in every division. It wasn't to be. As it turns out, we we missed out on goal difference on automatic promotion that season I, I finished my season in February anyway I was shot to pieces couldn't, couldn't cope but yeah missed out on goal difference and then the playoffs wasn't wasn't good and uh, Dale Stevens got sent off against Middlesbrough after about 20 minutes I think or whatever it was and there was an uphill struggle from there but um, but yeah amazing to go back to the club and to score at the Amex to play at the Amex and to be a little bit of you know be a part of the history uh, you know at that new stadium because it is an amazing place and you know it's doing some fantastic things now so I absolutely love the club. It is an amazing place and I'm so proud of, you know, where they are now and the journey they've been on and uh, long may it continue really. I'm really looking forward to next season or this season, you know, seeing what they can do and can they cope with that European football as well as, you know, trying to push on again and replicate what they did last season in the Premier League. The fact that you were a kind of cult hero at West Ham at Brighton, to be a cult hero at two clubs, that's got to be pretty special. Not many players get that, right? Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's nice to be thought of, you know. And and, and like I say, I think pretty much every club that I've sort of been at, I've done something that the fans, you know, QPR, the playoff final, you know, they're probably more passionate about that, that one day than, than than other clubs, to be honest. Yeah. And Fulham, you know, being on that European run and going to a European Cup final, a little old Fulham, you know, from the from the cottage, you know, being a part of that, you know, I'm 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 proud of what I've done. I'd love to have won something really, really, really big, you know, like the FA Cup we missed out on, or that European Cup, you know, that would have been fantastic. But you know, all in all, yeah, so proud of my journey, where I where I've sort of come from and where I went, you know. So yeah, an amazing, amazing career, and made some great, great friends as well. Hi, I'm David Fairglove, and you're listening to the Sayers and Sprayers. Podcast. Talk us through the mural then. Talk us through the mural. Well, so, so basically through the street art that we're doing, uh, we got in contact with with Brighton. We sat down and we had chats with them and we kind of became an official licensed partner with the club and they loved the street art that we're doing. I mean, sh- street art in football's massive now and uh, street art in Brighton's been around yeah. for a long time. There's some really cool, cool artists down mm. there and some cool pieces that have been going on for a long time. So the fact that we were kind of asked to be that official partner was a real honour for us that's uh, that's a big thing to be doing street art in Brighton and we always raising our game anyway but when we're going to do something there you have to step it up a little bit more so we, we were invited to go and do something and the club shop wanted a bit of a makeover before the start of the new season as you walk into the club shop there's a big giant wall to your left it was crying out for some artwork so um, they said let's, let's do something there and that's when they were talking about putting some of the legends on there the names that came up straight away was Glenn Murray you also had Lewis Dunk who obviously playing at the time, still playing now, still going, doing amazing. Um, and then Bobby's name come up. And for me, that was the one that excited me more than, than ever because obviously of the West Ham 
connection. Mark Mark knew Bobby anyway. I think he'd done some some work for him yep. before. So it was a nice connection, bringing it all together. And what we planned is that Bobby was going to come down and and lend us a hand. So we had the whole thing filmed, which is on YouTube now on the Mural's channel, which is the making of the mural. And the way that we'd done it was a bit like the old question of sport, where you used mm. to try and have to guess who who the person was, and it was trying to be very subtle. But it was to me, it was blatantly obvious straight away. You can see it's Bobby's the mural, can't you? Just from <laughs> little glimpses and everything like that. But he done. It was brilliant. He was so good. He gave us all the time in the world. And Josh was getting him to do loads of videoing where he had to kind of come out the tunnel and everything and then spray painting the wall. And then the idea was to, at the end of it, he revealed that it's Bobby Zamora and made it look like he'd done the self-portrait and all the rest of it. And uh, I think Rio Ferdinand still thinks that you've done it today. Isn't that right, Bobby? Yeah, there's a few. There's quite a few. Did you really do that? <laughs> Genuinely? Yeah, of course. Of course you did. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't listen to this because we don't want to ruin it. No, yeah. <laughs> Bobby, what was it he said, Rio? Didn't he say, I didn't know you had them skills or something? Like yeah, I didn't know. He didn't realise you were that, that good at art. But yeah. Um, yeah, there, there was definitely a lot of people that was like, did you genuinely do that? Like, there was a few text messages flying about as well. It's like, no, mate, no, no, come on. <laughs> no, but, but I wish I could. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. It's amazing um, what you guys can do as well, really is. And do you know, you do it so bloody fast as well, which is mad. They are really <laughs> talented, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? To be able to do all that. I mean, they only have to keep stand, stepping back. Right, okay, boom, tree, tree. Yeah, just, yeah, amazing. Amazing. Big old pieces. of, And it's great to see, you know, that was a long time. How long, how long was that now? Two years, probably. Two years. Yeah, yeah. Roughly, yeah, was it two? Is it not more than that? No, I don't it's think so. We've, we've only been going as a business for just over three years, so we are pretty yeah. new. You've done a lot, yeah. I mean, I keep seeing you guys popping up everywhere, and you know the different faces that you're you're you're, you're putting up. They're amazing. So done, done another piece recently down in Brighton, which was um, Kingsbury Street, which is Ditching Road. I think it's the main road that goes into yeah. Brighton as you come in. Yeah. And uh, I think there used to be a Bruno piece up there years ago, and whoever bought okay. the place got rid of it. The club said to us, "We want you to come and do something." So we got really excited. We were talking about all these different players and legends and possibilities that could go on there. And in the end, they they actually designed it on this occasion, and it was a welcome oh. to Brighton and Hove Albion. And I remember seeing oh. it, and I just went, I was really disappointed because I thought it doesn't show it's what good. we. Can do with the portraits yeah. and all yeah. of that it was one of the ones where i said look it's, it's a job and, and we'll do it but it was only when i i turned up there a day into it and I, i've come down the main road and i saw it and it just hits you and i was like that's a an amazing piece and i love it and actually the fans have gone mad for it we've had okay, so much yeah. credibility on it and it's good for us to show that we can do things a bit different as well it doesn't always yeah. have to be the, the realistic portraits yeah. and stuff like that it was just a nice piece so again we're another thing that we've done in brighton and we've got a lot more going on and yeah there's a lot more club icons i guess to to be painting there just no just no west ham ones at the minute though no we've been talking about this for a long time yeah we, we, we're <laughs> still planning mark noble's retirement mural uh for yeah. two seasons two after years, his, no. He's retired. So two years before the retirement, we've been planning that. And look, we know the problem is that there's no wall space at West Ham Stadium because yeah. West Ham don't own the ground. Mm. It's not like you've got an Anfield where you've got people living right next to the stadium. They want it on their walls. They yeah, get people, yeah, come and paint the side of my yeah. house. So they have that problem. But we've looked at all different options. And look, I know you speak to Mark and I think you, he knows about it. We was going to try and get you down to come and to mm. help us do that one. But paint yeah. that one all for us, Bob. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah do that of course. One. <laughs> It's still very much on the cards. And listen, Mark Noble, before anyone else at that club now in the yeah, last for sure. 10 years, needs that mural. And yeah. um, we're going to make it happen. So the shout is, if anyone's got a wall in Canning Town or East London that we don't mind uh, getting me down to sp spray paint and do my do my thing, yeah? Is that right? That's the point, is it, it's Canning Town. And I think that's going to be an easier win, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think Mark, yeah. you know, Mark, boy, he, Mark so. will probably appreciate yeah. that, right? Being, yeah. being yeah. in Canning Town. So sure. we're going to make it happen. We're, we're on it. And uh, yeah, but talking about people that deserve murals, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Rio Fernand or we mentioned Rio Fernand that he, mm. he thought you'd done it. He actually claimed that he got rid of the mural we done for Sergio Aguero up in Manchester. <laughs> it was brilliant. So he just, it, it was really weird. So we, we got permission by Man City to do a piece when he was leaving. So we painted Aguero. He came yeah. down and signed the wall. It was brilliant. But it was in the city of, it was in the centre in the Northern Quarter and it was a rented wall space. So it was only meant to be oh, temporary. Okay. It just so happened that Rio was walking past the day that 
we had the team out there jet washing it off and getting it off so oh, i remember okay. you had a youtube video going look what i've sorted out for you man <laughs> yeah, United yeah. boys which was quite funny but um, I, I think listen as a west ham fan it hurt me so much when he left but he, he had to like declan rice has now gone on to yeah bigger things he had to go on and what a career he had at man united i, I think yeah. man united were doing a bit of stuff with them going forward the legends there is just absolutely incredible and, and for rio to be kind of put in amongst it i say that he definitely would deserve one that's quite amazing and i think that we w- might be doing one sometime soon there. You're not you're not had a John Terry one. We haven't had a John Terry one. No. no, no. That's, that's got to be up there. That's got to be up there as well. So yeah. Who would yeah. you say was the main candidate? If you if you could pick someone now today. Yeah, Nobes. Nobes probably. Yeah, West Ham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For what you know what I mean? That's 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 crazy. JT's up there as well, to be honest, at Chelsea, what he's done, you know, as well. So, you know, those guys that have given everything for their for their clubs. My main focus at the minute is um, football scapes. I've got a company with Mark Noble, Rio Ferdinand, myself, uh, and another gentleman, Sam. And basically, we have we run football camps around the world. So Portugal, Dubai, Cyprus, Spain, uh, the Maldives, Greece, all throughout the year. School holidays, basically families book their holidays with us and they get to train and play with the likes of Michael Owen, you know, Ballon d'Or winner. A flip side of that is where YouTubers come as well. So Billy Wingroves, Jamie Redknapp, uh, Ledley King, Rio Ferdinand, Mark Noble will be on a couple. Uh, the list is, is endless, really. Mark Dorsey's coming down. He has done a few for us. So, listen, they get to train and play with professional footballers and, and guys that have experienced the top, top level. Dads get to have a little dad's game as well throughout the week. The family have a great holiday holiday you know it's all about creating memories really and yeah that's um that's my main focus at the minute and that sounds like sure the, coolest, the coolest kids club ever right yeah to, yeah something like football, that we don't call ourselves stadium. a kid club we don't call ourselves a kids club because we're not we're a little <laughs> bit more than that mate but um but yeah it's, a, it's amazing for those kids and seeing those kids they, listen on day one they you, you might have never been on one before and you're a little bit shy but let me tell you by wednesday and thursday there's a big group of kids all you know having an amazing time around in the swimming pool and on and off the pitch you know just creating like I say creating memories that sort of last a lifetime so yeah football scapes is what it's called and um, yeah it's going very very well I'd actually do a bit of a was it Rodney Trotter when he thought he was yeah. in the kids club I'd go yeah, down yeah. there and I'm one of the kids yeah, so yeah he's still it. 12 14, I'm 14 <laughs> yeah. yeah I noticed you picked some really nice places there as well Maldives and Cyprus and it all sounds all sounds very yeah, good of course. it's all work yeah, yeah it's, not doing it's one all work listen, well next <laughs> listen if you want to put uh, yes yeah, like you say Skegness or uh, Greenland in uh, December, then not a problem. If that's where you'd rather go, no. we'll put that. We'll put that in the brainstorming box. Bobby, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you very much for coming on the Say and Spray it podcast. Absolute welcome. Amazing stuff, guys, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Cheers, Bobby. Thank you, mate. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 